In the United States, the bald eagle soars. In England, and several other parts of Europe actually, the lion roars. In Australia, the kangaroo hops and grunts. In India, it's the royal Bengal tiger. In China, the giant panda. And in Canada, it's the beaver. No, seriously, it, it is. And in Kazakhstan, snow leopards hold significant cultural importance. There are concerted efforts underway to protect these majestic animals, including conserving their natural habitats, establishing a nature reserve, and creating a rehabilitation center. There was a poignant incident captured on video in December 2022. It showed a snow leopard standing fearlessly on the road despite a massive truck behind it. In Kazakhstan, that video went viral on social media, the so-called ghost of the mountains showing its strength and pride. Kazakhstan's biggest city, Almaty, features the snow leopard on its coat of arms, holding an apple tree branch with eight flowers representing the districts, symbolizing a harmonious coexistence. So when, a couple months ago, the Coca-Cola company repainted a mural showing a snow leopard, into a banner with a girl in traditional Kazakh dress enjoying a Coke? Well, that caused outrage. The public demanded the Snow Leopard mural be repainted. Coca-Cola issued an apology and revived the Snow Leopard mural. Apparently not all things go better with a Coke. Grasping local customs and traditional practices needs to be a critical part of public relations and marketing strategies. Today, on Stories and Strategies, learning the intricacies of Central Asian cultures to build successful comms strategies. My name is Doug Downs, music off the top, a traditional dombra melody. And the, the dombra, by the way, is a, a long-necked flute whose history traces back to Kazakhstan, but also to Kyrgyzstan and Western China as well. Just before we get started, I want to thank Nicholas Bruno, who lives in Kaskish, Lisbon, Portugal. Nicholas published a list of podcasts he recommends for social impact communicators on his LinkedIn feed, and he included stories and strategies in that list. Nicholas, thank you for that, and I'm glad that you and I were able to connect on LinkedIn. My guest this week is Alexander Lichtman, uh, joining today from Almaty, Kazakhstan. Salam, Alexander. Salam, everyone. Hi, Doug. Almaty, um, where you live, deep southeast Kazakhstan, so of course south of Russia, uh, pretty much on the border with Kyrgyzstan, 
to the south and China uh, to the east. Biggest city in Kazakhstan, not the capital, though. How are things where you are? Well, it's pretty hot here. It's uh, it's uh, 37 uh, degrees Celsius. So fine for me. Ooh, so close to the 90s in Fahrenheit, right? Yes, something like this. Something like this. Uh, very, uh, very calm city. Um, very, I would say, energetic city. Uh, I love living here. And it's surrounded by mountains. So from everywhere in the city, you can see mountains, at least in one direction. So you must get the cool mountain air in the mornings, and then it just heats up from there. No, actually, Almaty is like in a bowl uh, between the mountains, so there is almost never um, windy, oh, oh. and it's quite it's quite hot. But you can you can travel by bus like fifteen minutes and get to to mountains. That's amazing. Alexander, you have 20 years communications experience, much of that really connecting with information technology companies, helping to promote them in local and international markets. You founded your first PR agency in Russia in 2012, which developed into a group of companies, eventually including two agencies with different sets of expertise. In 2022, you created the PR agency IT Comms with offices in Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, specializing in the promotion of international and local IT companies. Clients include Binance, AMD, Logitech, WD, Acer and Philips. Right. You're also an active speaker in various IT communities and hubs, including Skolkova, IT Park Uzbekistan and Astana Hub. Right. And this area we're identifying as Central Asia, focusing on Central Asia today. Is it fair to say mainly made up of former Soviet republics with or without the exception of Mongolia? Depends on who you're talking to. Is that a pretty fair encapsulation? Uh, It's right. Um, Actually, Central Asia is very strange, uh, very strange um, notion because Geographically, Mongolia and the west of China also belongs to Central Asia. But I right. tend to forget about these territories because they don't, they're not Russian speaking at all and they're out of my market. So uh, we, work, uh, we work in uh, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan and some Caucasus, uh, Armenia, Gruzia, Georgia and Azerbaijan, excluding Mongolia. And not to say that Central Asia is all one culture. It's not. It's a mosaic unto itself, and that's part of what we're what we're going to talk about today. So let's start with how business representatives see the value of marketing and public relations in Central Asia. To many listening, uh, marketing and PR are two very distinct and different skills requiring different skill sets, different strategies. I, I don't disagree. Um, do business leaders see it that way in Central Asia? It depends on um, who you who you mean by by business leaders, uh, Kazakhstani and uh, people from Central Asia and businesses from Central Asia. They are quite far away from from PR, a government organization and big businesses, la- large uh, enterprises. They do have uh, some PR efforts and some of them are efficient, some not. But talking about medium um, and upper medium sized businesses. Normally, they are not very much into PR. They are doing a lot of marketing efforts. They are doing a lot of uh, lead generation and uh, performance uh, performance digital campaigns, but not 
too much into reputation, not too much into communications. So I, myself and my agency, we are mostly aimed to international companies, those value PR and those are trying to bring uh, their requirements and their expertise in PR here when they move to this region. Okay. And what, what are the better channels for communication? Traditional media? Is it is it still strong? I know in some areas you have um, traditional media similar to in the West, but you, you have traditional media in other areas where it's kind of government controlled or uh, remnants of an oligarchy. Uh, social media, is that a solid channel? What, what are the, the main channels? And speak a bit about stakeholder engagement too, and if that's, that's part of the effort here. Okay, so if speaking about uh, stakeholder engagement, it's mostly TV, especially for, for larger organizations, especially for government or quasi-government quasi organization. And TV uh, consumption is still very high. Uh, in Kyrgyzstan, it's 76% of population watch TV regularly. And around this, this number, uh, around this number also about 70% uh, for Kazakhstan and uh, Uzbekistan and uh, older people they still trust in television more than in in social uh, to social media so if you are a politician or if you are a, a country scale organization or even a larger larger scale organization you have to be uh, presented on tv uh, Traditional media such as newspapers are still popular, but also for, I would say, older um, generation. And are they buying the newspapers? Are they using websites yet? Are they still buying that physical paper? Uh, some of them, they have the subscription, so they have uh, newspapers right. delivered to their homes. Some of them uh, buy. And uh, certainly websites of the, of the traditional medias are also quite popular. But uh, talking about, especially about Uzbekistan, um, telegram channels of media are more popular and have more uh, audience than the website of the newspaper by, by itself. So uh, stepping on to the social media thing. Uh, social media is... Uh, I think the major uh, the major uh, source of information for youngsters. Uh, when I say youngsters, it's like up to thirty years, I would say. And by the way, uh, important thing is these countries, especially Uzbekistan uh, and Tajikistan, they have a very young population. The average average age of uh, Uzbekistanis is, is like twenty six years old, so very young. So I would say it's very uh, very potential country in terms of the young work wor workforce. Uh, so social media is not something united because uh, they have uh, they consume information from different platforms like Instagram, which is extremely popular among all the countries here. Telegram is number one messaging chat uh, messaging app and social media, or it is considered to be social media in Uzbekistan, and quite widely widely. Um, available in Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. For me, is Telegram just, it's a messaging app, you said. I, that's where I message back and forth yes. with someone. It's not to a bigger audience. Um, well, basically, or initially, it was a messaging uh, app. But now it's converted more to, especially in these countries, it's converted more to a um, social media because in Telegram you have a functionality of uh, 
group group chats and channels and these channels uh, they may have may have like over a million uh, subscribers per, per each and uh, the the speed they distribute the uh, the content and the uh, engagement some of them have is over overwhelming instagram telegram uh, in some of the countries uh, facebook is considered in Kazakhstan more to be a, like a business um, a business social media and LinkedIn is picking up but it is very still very tiny here in all of the countries got it and uh, the the app formerly known as Twitter I think I'm supposed to call it X now uh, <laughs> is, is, is Twitter X a factor uh, I think Twitter has up to maybe one or two hundred thousand users overall in all these countries so it's, it's nothing here nothing okay um, what about corporate social responsibility where do we see that play in, particularly with, with communications efforts? Um, a big thing here in these territories is um, um, women leadership. And I consider it uh, as a part of, of the um, CSR thing. And I think it is because uh, historically these um, countries and these cultures used to uh, were quite uh, patriarchic you, you you would call it male dominated male let's dominated. just say it and too many men yeah exactly and now it is it seems to be changing at least in the tech entrepreneurship and in, in tech um, industry and in some businesses so uh, women leadership is a big thing uh, also the domestic violence uh, if i if i call it right mm -hmm. yes so there is a big movement in all of these countries and it's supported by government and by some large uh, organization including our world institutions like um, ebrd like unesco like uh, usaid and and so on and so forth so it's becoming also also a, mo a movement here and this seems to me quite important good do you see companies if these are values that are growing and emerging in Central Asia, do you see companies positioning themselves to express that they share these values to, to their target audiences? International companies definitely do or try to do this. And some local organizations, um, including even government structures, they try to pick up the movement and to, uh, to engage with them. I don't know if they are very truly believe in these values or are trying to catch up with the hype right but <laughs> the good thing is they they seem to be uh, picking up on this excellent excellent um government relations I, I mentioned you know let me circle back the freedom of the press which countries enjoy freedom of the press and which countries eh, I don't know if it's a gray area or if it's not a gray area, which countries really don't enjoy freedom of the press. And then supplemental to that, um, I want to understand if government relations is a thing, particularly in those countries where how are you influencing government if it's if it's a very top down structure? Um, it's a tough question because <clears throat> the freedom of the press is I would say I wouldn't say it is not presented at all, but it is something we are far away from the ideal here. So if talking about, if speaking about um, freedom of the press, maybe Georgia and Armenia are um, uh, ahead of, of the region. 
because both in Kazakhstan, in uh, Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan, major media are either uh, state-owned or semi-state-owned. Right. And it's it's not about it's it's never about uh, freedom of freedom of speech or freedom of media um, when when you are owned by government and the government has some goals um, achie- achieved with your help. So no, it's not it's not a thing here. Okay, so w- w- in the evening, if if my habit is to watch television or even to scroll social media, actually, I will often see voices to the right. Let's say I have a government that's in that the right doesn't like, but the left likes the government of the day. Uh, I'll watch, I could watch Fox News and the the voices on the right are condemning everything the government does, while the voices more on the left are saying, if they're being critical of the, of the current government, they're saying they're not going far enough to the left. They're, they're appeasing the right side. Would I see that if I were to sit and watch television or scroll social media in Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan one idle Tuesday evening? I think that, well, I, I myself, I don't watch television first because I don't unfortunately speak any of the Turkish uh, languages yet. Right. Uh, there is a lot of uh, a lot of Russian television uh, which influences, and it's all one voice. I'll bet it's the Russian television. Rather, the voice is pretty united. Yes, I think so. It's pretty much one voice. Uh, but if you are local in any of these countries, you cannot be too critical on the government. So I would, I would say you wouldn't find anything like Fox News here. Understood. Understood. Or MSNBC, if you're a fan of Fox, you know, MSNBC is probably the other side of the spectrum there. And what about, in general, the cultural differences within these countries in, in Central Asia? What are those characteristics and how do they play into public relations and marketing? Mm, people here are very national-oriented, but not in a xenophobic uh, way, but they seem to value their national identities uh, more and more every every day which is which is good and this may be because they are splitting from the let's say empire and trying to find their own own place in the world the soviet union the old soviet yes. union yeah the old so yeah. still russia still has a huge influence on, on all of these countries um so uh, speaking about uh, national uh, or cultural differences, I would say, in average, people here are more friendly and more, let's call it, polite, especially to strangers, not maybe to each other, but to strangers. So they're very, um, well, you will always find help in any of these countries, even, even, even if you don't speak any language. Uh, but the 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 other side of this uh, you wouldn't hear no if you if you need something in uh, business wise so even if you um, agree on or trying to agree on on something and the the other side is not is not uh, does does not agree with you they could hardly say you no meaning yes doesn't mean much or uh. could not mean much so you have to be like a persistent even if you cut the deal or you seem that you, uh, you 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 seem you cut the deal 
you have to be persistent you have to be polite you have um, uh, go circles um, around this um, the counterpart uh, if i if i can say it so it's like a east uh, i think pretty much is the same in turkey i think it's pretty much the same in the arabic world so it's uh, well it's east and you have to you have to understand that it's not it's not like a west um, in uh, in our perception uh, and this influences a lot uh, the public relation uh, relations work because even if you agree or if even if you pitch the article to the journalist and he said wow this is interesting it may not mean anything right kind of like when people are buying stuff from you and say oh this is great yeah i'll be back i'll be in touch and you never hear from them again right right gotcha hard for me to do this interview without asking you about the conflict in ukraine i i know your own personal sentiment is not with russia you fled russia yeah enough said there are certainly people in kazakhstan who do empathize with russia in this conflict i know it, it's a major influence on the culture particularly as you move north in kazakhstan geographically right. in closer proximity to russia i don't want to ask you about what you think of the conflict but here's my my specific question how do you see the public relations battle going in this conflict vladimir zelensky or vladimir putin who's doing the better communications job from a kazakh perspective I would say that they're both doing a great job according to their goals because the right. the goal of Vladimir Putin is to influence the wide masses of um, I don't know if it's right to call them average people but not a high politicians not uh, middle class or upper middle class they, he's trying to influence the the white population and he is doing it right and his tone of voice is right uh, and his uh, level of uh, i i don't know how to say it in english but the, the the way he put words in the in the sentences and how he talks it appeals pretty much to the to the audience he he is aiming if i'm not wrong about his goals so he's doing a great job and this white population uh, and like you said in north kazakhstan they they catch it and some of them they um they they agree with what he what he says or what he delivers and if i'm right then vladimir zelensky is uh, aiming to a totally different audience which is like the politicians who could help him uh, help him with um, uh, arms NATO. with with ammo with all this stuff and yeah. he's doing the right jobs according to, to to the goals i guess he is he he's having so both of them are good uh the way how zelensky does his communication i think the team of the pr people behind him is huge and is very um, efficient and professional this is my personal understanding mm -hmm. but i think that behind the back of vladimir putin he also has uh, quite a professional team of, of PR people, psychologists or soci so sociologists. So they're doing a great job. But uh, my personal thing is I don't like the job one of them is doing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate your time. It's morning for me, evening for you. We're 12 hours, uh, 12 hours apart. 
other side of the world precisely. But thank you for this, Alexander. Um, Rachmet Sish, did I say that correctly? Rachmet. Rachmet is okay. Rachmet. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, Duke. Thank you for inviting me. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Alexander Lichtman, we have his email in the show notes. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications, Stories and Strategies podcast. You know what you could do to help us out, and it would really help. Leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. That means a lot to us. You could also share this episode with just one friend. Thanks for listening. <laughs>